to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. You know, it's always my pleasure in January to do our Back to Basics series. It's a, it's a pleasure for a couple reasons. For one, I get to get out my 50th anniversary edition of the Science of Mind textbook. And, and it's so fun. I mean, I have more underlines in here than probably exist on the planet. Nearly every page has something that caught my attention. And it's always my pleasure to, to bring about those, those maybe early memories for some of you, the first time that you were exposed to this philosophy of science of mind. And of course, my hope is that there are people out there that maybe have never heard of this before that are learning some of those basic teachings of the science of mind. So, so welcome uh, for the basics today. We started last week with a discussion of what God was, and I did my very darndest to portray just bigger-than-life version of God, all-powerful, all-wise, everywhere present, those, those three omnis that so many of the world's religion talks about. But I did also focus just a little bit on something that makes us different than the other world's religions. When we say that God is everywhere present, in the science of mind, we mean that in a very literal way because we believe that God is everything. So not just that detached observer kind of feeling, not, not everywhere presence as in looking down and, and, and vaguely judging, but, but literally everywhere because it is everything. And so from that definition, we get started, right? From that definition, so many of the other principles and ways of thinking that we hold dear to us in the science of mind are almost like corollaries. They're almost like, well, well, yeah, if God is everywhere and everything, then dot, dot, dot. So today I'm going to launch off on one of the most important of those dot, dot, dots, and that is, if God is everywhere and everything, well, hello, we're part of spirit, right? And, and I would swear to you, this is the, this is the most uh, simple and the most difficult of the principles of science mind to really embody. There's, there's something about our early experiences with religious training. There's, there's something about us that resists that notion that somehow I am part of spirit itself. But I'm here to tell you, it's inescapable. If God is everywhere and everything, that means every last one of us. We are, in fact, an emissary, a part of spirit. And so last week when we were talking about the power of God, the wisdom of God, the grace of God, we went through uh, quite a few of the different things that we attribute to spirit, being, being all good, being all gracious, being all giving, being infinite in its capacity. I was also describing you. Now you might say, well, now wait a minute, Larry, I'm not God. And I, and I get that. We're not God, but we're all part of God. 
And in the same way that a drop of water from the ocean has all the basic chemicals, all the basic nutrients, all the, the elements that the ocean in large has, so we, in our smaller way, have access to the same love and light and abundance that is spirit itself. We are a portion of God in the same way that maybe my hand is a portion of my body. Now, one of the things about using a metaphor like this that's interesting is it is it works actually fairly well for for a little bit. L let me use the metaphor of us being like an appendage to spirit itself. So is my hand powerful? Well, it is. I, I mean, I have a pretty good grip. <laughs> Those of you that I've shaken hands with over the years know that I can return it with some strength. And of course, my hand's very useful. It's wise in its own way. It, it, it has a sense of purpose in the world. And gosh, if any of you have ever had a sprained hand or been without the use of your hand for any period of time at all, you realize, oh my gosh, yes, my hand is powerful. But see, that's just really the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? If I were to somehow lose my hand, and it was just sitting there unattached on the ground, suddenly its power isn't quite so useful anymore, right? And so by proxy, by, by its utility, it really is also speaking on behalf of me. It is my volition that, that gets to move the hand, that the hand brings with it the power of the entire body, right? The intelligence of how to use the hand, the, the motivations for wanting to use the hand. It's, it, it's a part of me, and yet it's also reflective of who I am. It, it carries out my wishes in the world. It carries out my intentions. And so in that same way, and this is a way that I'm guessing most of us aren't used to thinking about, but in that same way, we are part of spirit. And we are, it, as much as God has intentions in the human realm, on behalf of spirit, acting out those intentions. Now you might ask, well, Larry, are you talking about some kind of predestiny that, that God has some specific plan for each of us? Well, no, I'm not. That would be, that would be some kind of kismet design. And we don't actually believe that somewhere in a golden book is written out exactly what we're supposed to do. I mean, we absolutely believe completely in free will, which is another one of the important principles I want to talk about today. We have completely completely free will. But God does have some goals. And they're so simply stated. God's goals are simply what you would want for yourself too. Health and wholeness, joy and peace. The, the comfort of living well, the, the, the freedom of existence, the abundance in the universe, those, those attributes that we give to God are also God's intentions. God is literally working through us and as us every day. And so what does God want for us? No more than it would want for itself. No more than it is itself. God is life, is love, is joy, is peace. And so those are the things that it would invite us to experience as well. And sometimes I like to think, too, that, that it is God's good pleasure to experience those things through me. How else is God to understand what human love is like, what human joy is like? Well, it gets to experience that 
through us, right? In the same way that my hand gets to experience the, uh, the cleanliness of taking a shower, right? The, the whole body gets to experience that through my hands. And so God, active always through us and as us. And the talk title today is The Way It Works. Well, how does it work? How does God work? Well, God works on so many different levels, of course. The earth has its own form of God working through us, through volcanoes and through the tides and through all of the the natural order of things. But I want to stress today that in the human realm, God, 99% of the time, is getting God's job done through us humans. And so I want to use a a quick example here. You know, I've been doing a a certain amount of spiritual practice with clients for for many years now. and And I still remember this one young woman that came to me and she said, well, what I'd really like some help with is attracting in the perfect mate. I'm really tired of living by myself. I'm really wanting someone in my life. And and she said, you know, I've been trying for so long. I've been I've been listening to what you had to say. I understand how the the law of attraction works. I I swear to you, I have affirmations around uh, uh, around drawing the perfect person to me. Um, I've learned how to do affirmative prayers, those those uh, powerful prayers you do on Sunday. And I've been orienting myself every day towards drawing someone beautiful into my life, and it's just not working. And I said, well, okay, oh my gosh, well, let's talk about it a little bit. And so we did talk about it, and honestly, she had some really good affirmations she was using. From a spiritual standpoint, it seemed clear to me she actually did know what she wanted in life, and spiritually, she was putting the right vibe out there. And so I said, well, it's so weird. So so are you drawing people to you then, and, and they're the wrong ones? And she said, well, I, I don't know what you mean. And I said, well, like when you go out in a position of meeting people, is it that the wrong people are coming to you? And she said, oh, I don't go out. (laughs) And I said, well, well, what do you mean? Do you not have a dating profile? Are you not out in social events? Or, you know, do you belong to a square dance club? Or I'm starting to grasp a little bit at straws. You know, how do you meet people? And she said, well, other than church on Sunday, I, I don't really have any social outlets. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, wait a minute. How does God get things done in the human realm? It's through people. We have to participate, right, in these activities. God is a co-creator, not a creator. (laughs) God isn't going to send you the perfect person unless you cooperate. And so that's what I want to stress today is we also have to do our part. We are absolutely co-creators. And next week, Reverend Marilyn is going to talk to you about the divine creative process and exactly how that works. So I don't want to steal any of her thunder. But I will say we need to cooperate. We need to be part of the solution here. We have to allow God to literally work through us because that is the way it works. That is the way God gets God's job done in the human realm is through us, which leads us to my fabulous joke for today. 
So there was a dirt farmer who saved up enough money to buy a few inexpensive acres of land. It had a little run-down, weather-beaten farmhouse, sat on the edge of the acreage. It was actually kind of a sad picture of many years of neglect. The land had not been kept up. There were old tree stumps, rusted pieces of machinery, all sorts of debris strewn around here and there. The whole place, in short, a mess. Well, the farmer rolled up his sleeves and got to work. He hauled off the junk, repaired the fence, pulled out the stumps, planted some new trees. Then he refurbished the old house into a quaint cottage with a new roof, new windows, a new stone walkway, brand new paint, finally some colorful flower boxes. He put in his crops really turned the farm around into something magnificent. It took several years to accomplish this, but finally his last job is completed. He was sitting on the porch just admiring the beautiful spread of land. Who happened to come by that the minister of his church? Well, said the minister, it looks like you and God have created a beautiful, beautiful place here. Wiping the sweat from his face, the farmer replied, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true, but you should have seen it when God just had it by himself. <laughs> and so my next question would be, how do you feel about being part of the activity of God? Do you see yourself that way? Do you see when you embark upon your daily events and, and, and the things you do every day, do you see that your hands are the hands of spirit, that your intentions are an outgrowth of what might be the intentions of spirit? And remember that intentions of spirit are at the most simple, just things like love, like life, like wholeness, like wellness, like joy, like abundance. But do you see yourself acting on behalf of spirit? Now, whether you realize it or not, whether it's intentional or not, you are. You are part of spirit. It's how we define spirit in the science of mind. And so literally everything that you are doing, everything that you are thinking, is a subset of God's doingness and a subset of God's thinkingness. It's simply how we define things. But uh, how many here, when you go into a restaurant, would just always order the soup du jour? Does everybody know what the soup du jour is? So soup du jour, my, in fact, uh, my great aunt was in the restaurant business. And, and one day I said, how do you plan the soup du jour? And she said, well, it was just yesterday's special. <laughs> you take yesterday's special, whatever was left over, and you make soup out of it. And then you put it up on the board, and that's the soup du jour. And typically people will ask, well, what is the soup of the day? What is the soup du jour? And oh, well, you know, it's a, a beef and broccoli or, or whatever it is. But, but I suspect that most of us, without even realizing it, are acting on behalf of spirit every day without giving any thought to what you are actually doing. In, a, in effect, you're just going along with the flow. You're, you're just saying, sure, I'll take the soup du jour. I have no particular plan on what I want to do or how I want to be. I'm just existing. Now, I don't want to imply that we need to overcomplicate our lives, right? I'm not thinking that every single thing that we need to do has some kind of a purpose to it or some kind of a divine intention. But I would like to think that most often 
our impulses are from that place of spiritual guidance, from that place of wanting a greater degree of wholeness for ourselves and our family, from that place of wanting a greater degree of love and communication and interaction with the people that are close to us and the people around us. I would hope that if there is a plan, it's towards a greater involvement with other people, towards greater efforts towards solidarity and love with our our fellow human beings. But I would say if it's just the soup to jure, there's a fair amount of bad soup going on right now. If you've been reading, I mean, just yesterday there were there were captives held in a in a Jewish synagogue. It's like, what's up with the world that that there seems to be so less tolerance and uh, and the just the ability to be with people that are different than us. That certainly is not acting, I don't think, on behalf of spirit. And so maybe it's time to do a little bit of check-in. I'm giving you a scoop, I'm sure you realize, on your homework for this week. And so I might as well be out with it before I do a summary and some other things here. So your homework this week is how are you acting on behalf of spirit? Have you checked in to see what the soup du jour is? And are you okay with it? Is it all right for you just to keep carrying on, carrying on? Or are there things that you might change on behalf of yourself and behalf of the other people on this planet? Are there things that you might do that would make this planet safer or more loving for yourself and your family and your neighbors and the world at large? Are there things that you might be doing that would help prolong the life of this planet a little longer so that we're not being so quickly propelled into global warming and some of the the worldwide shortages that seem to be coming our way? Are you perhaps willing and able to do a few things that would assist other people that due to circumstances even beyond their control have put them in a position of disenfranchisement or poverty? Are, in short, you willing to check out just your daily life and see if it can promote more of those qualities of spirit? Can you act more consciously on behalf of God in your daily affairs, so that the way it works becomes God more often taking the path of joy, of love, of peace, of wholeness, of health. It starts with each one of us. Now, I know God is going to take care of the the bigger scheme of things. We don't need to worry about God's scale of keeping the planets in their orbits and keeping the galaxies spinning. We don't need to concern ourselves with how the tectonic plates are creating volcano. I was just reading about a volcano offshore, uh, off western Samoa that's troubling people right now. It's like God's going to take care of things at that level but on the human level when it comes to how we treat each other when it comes to how we live in society with one another when it comes to setting up a an environment where we're safe and we're healthy and we're connected and we're feeling loved and we're feeling that power moving through us in a way that's beneficial to us and beneficial to other people we are actually responsible for that. If not, we're just like that client of mine 
sitting at home in her house, somehow magically thinking that God was going to deliver her a boyfriend on it. You know, I mean, what is like the UPS man going to show up at her door one day and say, I'd like to date you, right? It's like, no, if we want a better life, we have to participate in it. If we want a better planet for humanity, we have to be instrumental in it. And it doesn't have to be giant plans. We don't have to suddenly become a Martin Luther King Jr. But we need to take steps along those kinds of paths. We need to be willing to say, does this take me closer to being kinder? Does this take me closer to inviting more people to the table? Does it come closer to me being a force of love and light and prosperity in the world? Or is it taking me away from it? See, see, this is the consciousness I'm talking about. This is asking what is the soup du jour before you just start eating it. Oh my God, the soup du jour is broccoli soup, and I don't like broccoli. I don't stand for broccoli. I want something more positive. I want something more loving. I'm going to stand for love. And if that means I have to, to do something that's unusual for me or take a commitment to making changes in my neighborhood or life, if you want to stand for something, it will take your motivation. It will require your action. It will require you to examine what you're doing right now and perhaps move beyond it. Certainly celebrate the great success we already have in our lives. As I look around, I see so many people that I know and love and care about, and I know that everyone in this room right now, I will just say this, everyone in this room right now, I know you well enough to know that you are good people and would always want the best for everyone. And then I also have to ask, and is that enough or could we be making greater progress. Is there an element in your life right now that is underexpressed? Are you as loving as you could be? Are you as generous as you could be? Are you as helpful as you could be? Is there an area where you would like to make progress? It is God making progress through you. You are the very essence of life itself, of love itself, of joy of self. And you're the only one, we as humans are the only ones that can bring that about for humanity. It isn't magically going to happen. It isn't somehow going to uh, organically spring from the earth happiness. It requires us to make an effort, a conscious effort, to do things a little differently. So let me summarize today. We've talked about the, the allness of God, the, the completeness of God. God is every person, every place, everything, every idea. It's all God. And today what we have learned, and I hope embraced, is that that means us. That God doesn't get anything done in the human realm without our participation. God literally works through us every day. And the choice that we have, is it doing that sort of on autopilot? Or is there some intentionality to it? We also talked about the idea of being an individualized center of spirit.
that we have that capacity, like, like the hand having the full power of the body at its disposal. So we as an element of God, as a, as a, a spiritualized and individualized center of God, we too have the full force of God. And, and again, Reverend Marilyn's going to talk about that more next week, how we can begin to harness that full power of God. So you'll just have to trust me on that one for now. But in the same way that our hand gets to use the resources of the body, so we get to use the resources of spirit itself. And then finally, we talked a little bit, I would say, about our responsibility. If we want to live the good life, do not we have the responsibility as well as the power to bring about that good life? Shall we not just sit in our room anymore hoping for the best, but rather begin taking positive steps towards improvement in our lives and the lives of everyone? So I'm going to close today with a a quote from the Science of Mind textbook. You know, we're working through those first four chapters, and so this is the way that chapter number two ends. Then, knowing that the thing itself can work for us only by working through us, let us begin to accept more good than we experienced yesterday, and to know that we shall reap a harvest of fulfilled desires. The time must come when we shall have left behind all apparent evil, when it shall be rolled up like a scroll and numbered with the things which were simply once thought to be true. Let us realize and work with this sound knowledge and perfect faith that as high as we shall make our mark in mind and spirit, so high shall its outward manifestation be in our material world. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, only this one thing, and it is everything. Every person, every place, every situation, all of it, all of it is God. And of course, that means me. That means each one of us, each one of us an individualized center of spirit. Each of us having those sparks of the divine, the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the commitment of God to bringing about greater and more powerful impulses in the world. It's us. It's each one of us. And so for this day, I I claim both the power and the responsibility of being part of spirit. The power, the full power of God, that, that power that created the heavens and the earth, I claim it, but I also claim the responsibility of allowing God to move through me as peace, as love, as joy, as wholeness, as harmony, as good health. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each one of us. Each of us has this power Each of us has this responsibility. And so for this knowledge, I give thanks. I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad to have you. Now is our time of conscious contribution. If you'd like to take your gift or your tithe, whatever it is you've brought to share with us today. Those of you online, I invite you to go to cslportland.org slash donate. There's a variety of ways that you can contribute online as well as in person. But for now, if you'd like to repeat after me, graciously I give. 
from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.